For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. How you guys feel about um, couples, uh, showers, or baths? Eh. Hopefully you'll reply like many of the men that I know. And, and if it's a big enough shower, you know, cool. Uh, okay, so Jesse's, Jesse's not one of those. All right. Chris? Yeah. Not- break the tie here. Yeah, not not real, like especially if it's after. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man Tannehill wants nothing to do with you after you, man. <laughs> well, I just uh, I'm always I always like my space. So you know what I mean? Oh, oh Tanny, Tanny, <laughs> gotta stretch my shit out. <laughs> Kindred spirits, my guy. Kindred spirits. <laughs> you know who doesn't? <laughs> you know who doesn't care about your space? <laughs> you have a lady. I know. know Coming up on 10 years of marriage this September, so I know. I almost called whiplash hearing that just now. I've known Tannehill for a long time. A decade. You got a decade in, huh? God bless, man. man. That is outstanding. I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm figuring this thing out. A Bears free agency is uh, not going the way the Bears fans would have liked it to. Uh, you, you, You lost big Jim Daniels. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is about to set Pittsburgh on fire, even though you know, you've been removed by a team already with that relationship. 
for me though, and, and we're we gonna talk about oh Larry O, because man, I don't know that <sighs> Larry Ogunjobi, football is a brutal ass sport. And for a guy to get to the point where it is time to get paid, and what's the what was the signing bonus or the guaranteed money, Tanny, if I'm not mistaken, it was 26 and a half, 27, somewhere around there over the course of three, four years. Larry Ogunjobi, who on that Cincinnati Bengals defense, right? Like you talk about that defense in the Super Bowl, that front seven was doing work. And there was a lot of guys that nationally didn't get a lot of respect or a lot of recognition. I mean, DJ Reader has gotten to that point now where he is that dude. Uh, but Larry Ogunjobi is one of those guys as well. Larry Ogunjobi coming out of high school was like, you know, one of the top prospects. And then he comes out of the draft. He's like the third or fourth best defensive tackle in the draft. And now it's time to get paid. You've gone through all the things that you've gone through. You put your body and pushed it to the limit. Uh, you you played some big time football this year, especially, and you get to the point where it is time for that payday, and your foot fails you. It reportedly, that the 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 doctors didn't like what they were seeing in terms of his feet, uh, a foot injury that he had suffered. I I just he'll never get it back. By the way, forty million dollar contract, twenty six three five guaranteed. I don't care how much you could call him and console him and tell him. Oh, this all happens for a reason, this, that, and the other. That man is never getting that money back. Now, he, he's going to sign a deal because he's a, he's a damn good player, but it ain't going to be worth that. I'll be surprised. And if, and if this, this breaks by the time uh, this pod is out, you know, tonight or tomorrow morning, then, hey, I'm right here wrong. But if I, if I find out that Larry Ogunjobi got $26.35 million guaranteed like the Bears gave him until he failed the physical, I will be flabbergasted. Can you imagine all your fellas, all your people in your family? You, you know, you, I don't know if he's got a spouse or if he's if he's got little ones, but thinking about what is getting ready to happen to your life and having to press pause on it because of something that you probably going into a new would affect it. But, yeah, you know, you don't hear about guys failing physicals often. And when you do, it makes news and then you become the news. This is the three three uh, the three technique that is necessary. This is the guy who makes the defense go. In the in the four three, uh, cover two scheme that they're going to be running. And we've seen it here in Chicago with Lovey Smith. You got the weak side linebacker, you got the slot corner, and you got the defensive tackle. This is the defensive tackle that you need, and we've seen it in Tommy Harris before. We've seen it in Tank Johnson in spurts before. Um, that that three technique was it outside shoulder of the guard, inside shoulder of the left tackle. That's the person that's supposed to wreak havoc. And Larry Ogunjobi was slated to be that guy. So now the Bears got to go back out there and figure out how they can replace that position. Because once you fill out your free agent board and you're like, all right, these are the targets and you go get your target, you pay that target. Now everybody, one, knows you've got that money. Two, um, everybody knows that that's what you were targeting. So now you go back out there on the market and try to find that guy. If he was at the top of your depth chart or top of your uh free agent board, then he's no longer there. You got to go out and get second, third, fourth best defensive tackle. You got to go out there and maybe use one of those picks to draft him. I I just, it's a tough start. But I will say this. I will say this for Ryan Poles. He's got the year leash of, hey man, I'm cleaning somebody else's mess up. The dead cat money situation, like for Bears fans out here trying to figure out why the Bears aren't more aggressive or what's happening, why, why are all these players going this place, that place, and every other place except for Chicago right now? One, he did say that he was going to get the second-tier guys. 
He's going to fill up on some of the B guys, the guys who coming off an injury or coming off a disappointing season. You can get them for cheap. Next thing you know, maybe you get yourself an Akeem Hicks kind of deal where you, you find yourself one of the best defensive tackles or defensive ends in the game just off the scrap heap. Or, or, and I should say, and or, he could be looking at it like, hey, I'm not going to start this clock right now. Right? Larry Ogunjobi was about as pricey as it was going to get for y'all. And now that that's not the case, I can keep it moving. I, I am now implementing, because the, the worst thing for a new GM, and especially Ryan Poles, as young as he is in the position that he's in right now with this organization, not knowing top to bottom who's pressing what buttons, even though they've kind of tried to lay out for you the hierarchy, the worst thing you want to do is go out there and build through the free agent market in your first year and set expectations so high that players, oh, not players, but fans don't know, one, this thing's going to take a little bit of time, and two, you're turning over into a completely new defense, and three, you still got yourself uh, what essentially is a rookie quarterback. I mean, Justin Fields' year last year was um, top to bottom. There were maybe three or four moments, but other than that, it was a train wreck. His play was, was poor. I think his coaching was poor. Um, the moments that you saw, you could grasp onto, but I don't think Ryan Poles is eager to set the expectations too high in terms of the outside expectations. Of course, they got inside expectations in that building because the, the clock starts from there. But as far as fans are concerned, as far as public opinion is concerned, that clock it starts as soon as you start shelling out big dough. And Larry Ogunjobi, you might not think of as big dough, but that was a player that they needed. So now they go back out there into the free agent market and they got to go look for a punter. And, and this is the only thing I'll say about one Pat O'Donnell, right? How about this? He signs on St. Patrick's Day to, with the Green Bay Packers. If that ain't a kick in the rocks to every Irishman here in the city of Chicago, I don't know what to tell you. And his last name is O'Donnell. And he's got a gray head of hair. And he's one of the nicest guys that I've ever had the chance to cover. So, Pat, enjoy yourself up there in Green Bay. I hope you shank everyone. Uh, but, you know, I, I hope it doesn't affect you when your next contract rolls around. Uh, funny story about, speaking about where you are in your life, funny story. The only time that I have ever had a long-form conversation with Pat O'Donnell is because I had to go out to a restaurant. This was shortly after I got fired. I had to go out to a restaurant to go do an appearance with Pat O'Donnell. I didn't have to, but someone called me on some like independent TV shit, Chris. Yeah, man. They were like, oh. hey, uh, we got Pat O'Donnell. And, and you know, at this moment, my head is swimming, right? Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I only got two jobs. Like, is the family going to be able to eat? Am I a failure at life? What is happening? Uh-oh, the Pat O'Donnell call came through and I will never, ever forget this. Tanny. I pull up to this bar in the Burbs. I forget what it was because all traumatic things I try to block out of my head. I pull up to this bar in the Burbs. I'm sitting in the parking lot and I get a call from the Boston program director, W-E-E-I. And he he pitches me a chance to host with, uh, what was his name? Callahan in the morning, right? Yeah. And the first thing he says to me is, so I hear you're a liberal. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that's a tough way to start this conversation, knowing what I just got fired for in terms of me being, you know, who I am in life. But yeah, Jesus. Yeah. But you know, all these, these PDs all do their research, though, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, they know exactly. They they did their due diligence on you, oh, and no that's doubt. how they open the conversation. But yeah. yeah, yeah, just like in Atlanta, when the guy hadn't heard me, but he lied to me and told me he heard me for for you know weeks ahead of time. Yeah, this yeah, just straight talk from all program directors out there. That's what you can count on. So yeah, man, I'm in the I'm in the parking lot 
lot of this bar getting ready to go in and have a conversation in front of 15 rabid Bears fans who are all there just to see the beautiful smile of one Pat O'Donnell. And I'm outside making life decisions in a parking lot before I go do this independent television situation with the Bears ace punter known as Pat O'Donnell. And it was cool. TV show went fine. It yeah, was, what, sh- what show is it? Was it Pat Benkowski? Uh, no clue. <laughs> show no, you're funny. It? You're a very funny man. No clue, my guy. <laughs> Fuck you. But <laughs> Jesse, if you knew, if you knew, you'd know. You know exactly why I just said that to him, too. That's my man. That's why I love him. No one else could have done that to me just now except for him. But yeah, so Pat O'Donnell is no longer uh, a Chicago Bear. And if you're a Bears fan, you try to figure out what this free agent situation is looking like. Just, just sit tight. Because that's all you can do. <laughs> and return your Larry Ogan Joby <laughs> jerseys and make sure. Yeah, you I hope you your... got that jersey insurance that I see offering all the time now <laughs> during, the, during the games. Get your jersey insurance. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone actually got that. But from the way they were talking about him, though, you know, they, they were hyping him up pretty good. Like he was going to be a very he was special, gonna be a dude. not only an important piece like on the field, you know, for what they do, but like off the field and setting the tone and being a leader. That's a oof. That's a bad look. Yeah, bad it was. Look. But but I, I appreciated Ryan Poles just knowing like, hey, you know, and, and you know, still maybe they'll, they'll sign him down the road. But like, you know, owning up the, to the mistake and not pushing through with it. Yeah. Because like, I think yeah. like some of the previous administrations would have done is like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll worry about this later, you know, and then got to make sudden, a splash now. And, and then he's never the same guy in his entire career with the Bears. And you almost, you know what I mean? So that, I think this is ultimately better for everyone involved. Kevin you know, White. So it's uh, refreshing. Tommy Harris. I mean, there's yeah. been a lot of guys. I mean, Tommy Harris was outstanding, right? Yeah. And Kevin White never got on track. Maybe he couldn't play, but the fact that he had a rod in his leg and they tried to lie to us about it on that first was a training camp practice we were out there that year. I mean, that tells you a lot. And like you said, yeah. I mean, and on top of it, you know, Ryan Poles can't get away with shit. So, so you know, <laughs> just, let's just keep it funky. Like, like, Ryan Poles ain't getting away with nothing. You, you can you can talk all that, you know, take it back to North and, and, and be clean cut and well-spoken all you want. Let me tell you something right now. You ain't getting away with a damn thing in this city. So if, if, if Larry O's foot is a problem, you had to disclose it because there is going to be some report or some player uh, talking out of turn, probably, but somebody was going to leak that information and it was going to be on from that point on for Ryan Pohl. So I understand this business. This, this is the way of the NFL. Every once in a while, you got to do this thing. Unfortunately, it happened to the uh, prize target for the Chicago Bears. And Pat O'Donnell, if you're out there, um, appreciate you taking care of me that night because you had no idea what happened to me before I walked into that joint and you, you were all good with it. So uh, Bears fans, if you want to go to his Twitter feed and bombard it with all the bad things that you want to in terms of him now being a Green Bay Packer, go right ahead. But Pat O'Donnell is good with me. And Ryan Poles, the clock hasn't started on you yet. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but the expectations are still where they are. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Cubs talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the Cubs have won the ball game. Can you believe it? Wow. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So I got a chance to watch the Sox-Cubs ring training game where the Sox just went ham in the first three or four innings, hitting home run after home run. There's guys out there. I mean, it was Yoki Cespedes out here doing the family proud. Is, is he a cousin of Yoannis? Is that what, I, if that, is that what I'm, I'm hearing or, or seeing? Is is that true, Chris? Or how is he related to you on assessment? Is I believe like a brother, a half brother? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a half brother situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, what what better kind of brother to be these days, especially <laughs> than half brother? Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm sitting there watching spring training. My my little guy's watching with me, and he's asking me about T ball, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wait to sign you up so you can quit five practices in. But you know, we're, we're getting the whole baseball spring training thing in here, and I'm watching the Cubs split squad and I don't know one person on it and then I flip over to the other game because I recorded that one too and the Cubs other split squad team was out there and I was like oh now I know two people on it and I I went into this and and I know Cubs fans have probably done this over the last year and a half two years but the new reality and now not so new but the still new reality of what Cubs baseball has to have become because of the quote-unquote financial constraints and also the new leadership in play. Theo Epstein's moving ahead or moving aside, stepping down, Jed Hoyer taking over the mantles. Like, usually this happens when guys are 10, 12, 13 years into a career where you see your, your favorite run dispersed across Major League Baseball, right? But I remember... Jim Hendry drafting Javier Baez, right? That was the last Hendry pick, if I'm not mistaken, was Javi Baez, if I'm not mistaken. And then y- you go from that to the Anthony Rizzo acquisition from the, from the San Diego uh, farm system. It was a Boston's farm system that traded him to San Diego, and then Jason right. McLeod and those boys, yeah. yeah, went back and got him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Were, that that was his guy to begin with, you know, and then yeah. Jed goes to San Diego and he comes back. And then also, you know, Wilson Contreras also jim hendry signing as well you know so yeah this is so recent right like usually when you have to see your guy like when i saw big frank have to go to oakland i was like that sucks but it's been real because i got a decade you know i got i got a good run out of you and it still sucks to see him out there and you know then he ends up with toronto but javier baez as a new york met Right. Last year, Chris Bryant now is a Colorado Rocky because the Rockies are like, oh, shit, people are seeing that we're trying to tank. So let's go ahead and sign one big free agent real quick and you know make this thing look passable. And then Anthony Rizzo was a Yankee. All these things. It just seems like so quick because I've watched the ramp up of Cubs baseball through the eyes of a media observer. Right. I I got into uh, this landscape, this platform, this medium uh, in 01, 2000. So I remember when Dusty Baker arrived in Chicago and how much of a big deal it was and how hated he was before he even coached one game or managed one game, I should say. I don't want the baseball people to get upset with me. Before he managed one game. And I also remember how big a deal it was for him to bring 
the expectation level up to back-to-back winning seasons. It was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, not in history, but it was the first time in in decades that the Cubs had back-to-back winning seasons. And that's just a short time ago. So from that point to the fever pitch that the Dusty Baker era became with Jock Jones and Latroy Hawkins and everybody out there, you know, being weird, right? And all the Carlos Zambrano stuff and, you know, the, the, the trajectory or the, I should say, the, the career arc for a Cubs fan was losing, losing, losing. All right, winning. I hate the team. Bartman. <laughs> Crash. All right, now it's time to build this thing up the right way. And when uh, an architect came in here with his staff, with his crew, with Jed Hoyer, with Jason McLeod, was like, this is how we're going to do it. And people in this city didn't believe it. People were like, wait a minute, you don't do it like this. You got to go out and get free agents. This is Chicago. People who are respected in this city were talking like that. And then all of a sudden, Theo Epstein made them believe. Because Javi Baez wasn't the only... Like, we were used to the, the Hesop Choi's of the world, the Brooks Kieschnicks of the world, the Corey Pattersons of the world. We were used to one-offs in this city in terms of Cubs baseball and farm, uh, farm um, you know, talent, prospects. Not just guys that you knew were good, but guys that were going to come up and change the track of an organization. But this ain't basketball. We were just used to those one-offs. And then somebody came through and was like, hey, why don't we just do this every single year? Because I got a machine. It's not just my mind, but I got a special machine that I put things into, and all of a sudden it spits out evaluations, and I cross-reference that with my scouts that I trust and, and have trained to watch baseball in a certain way. And before you knew it, like I mentioned, the Anthony Rizzo thing pops off, right? Kyle Schwarber is draft overdrafted in some people's estimates, estimation. Kyle Schwarber, one of the most important pieces in that World Series run in 2016. So all that, all that was happening. Like all, and, and people were looking around like, what the hell is going on? And then John Lester signs. And when John Lester signed, it was like, okay, now it's time. Now it's time to, 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 to press play on this thing. Kind of like what it was for Lance Lynn for Sox fans. And Liam Hendricks, like, you know when your team is full of not just potential, but now, right? And now what you have to do is put the OGs next to them. Those OGs come in the form of pitching, sometimes come in the form of uh, a positional player, sometimes they're already on on the squad, Jose Abreu. But once you got Luis Robert, once you got, you know, once you got Eloy Jimenez, right? Once you got these guys in place, Yoan Mankata, Tim Anderson, once you got these dudes in place, the Lance Lynn starts popping up. The Liam Hendricks start popping up because you start making moves. And it just seems like this was just a short time ago. I know it was only a year and a half, two years ago, but a short time ago that this thing started, that, that we were talking about the losing that you had to go through. And, oh, my God, do you trade this guy who's a, a, a 28-year-old veteran first baseman because you don't know if you can replace that? Sure you can. He knew he could. He knew what uh, Javier Baez was going to be by way of Jim Hendry. Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer knew what Anthony Rizzo was going to be. Hell, they, they tracked him for two organizations. Then you go out and you get Joe Madden. You go out and get Aroldis Chapman. You start making moves like a big money, big market, high expectation team. And you expect for that to last for, a what, half a decade? You know, seven-tenths of a decade or the whole ten years? You expect baseball players, if they are happy and young and paid, to remain, especially if they win one. 
And then 2016 happens. And then 2017 happens. And 2018 happens. And then all of a sudden, you start looking around. Guys seemingly aren't getting better. The way that you thought baseball should be is going a different direction. And then guys want to get paid. The new reality for Cubs fans, I can only imagine what it is because it seemingly happened in a blink of an eye and you thought that you would contend for multiple World Series. And they did. They got back to the CS. And, of course, these players, I mean, I won't say of course because I I don't want to balance anybody's books, but if Chris Bryant and Javi Baez needed to be Cubs going forward with the Ricketts family, they would be. If they didn't win in 2016, I fashion a guess that they might be. But Wrigleyville got built up. Money got thrown in the coffers. Wrigley Field got renovated. A lot of projects happened, and I think a lot of missions got accomplished. The network. Network. Yes, the marquee network. Exactly. A lot of things got accomplished along the way after 2016. And I think Cubs fans feel like they got dropped off along the way of those accomplishments. Like, oh, wait a minute. You're not going to re-sign that guy? Wait a minute. Are you trading that guy? Wait a minute. This guy is not going to be a Cub for life? I think Cubs fans got used to guys being Cubs for life because they're losing. Because that was the only thing you could hold on to was a Ryan Sandberg or a Sammy Sosa or a Kerry Wood. But as the business of baseball changes and Cubs fans' expectations change, this whole new reality, because now you got to do it all over again in in this uh, roll of the dice because do you trust Jed Hoyer as much as you trusted Theo Epstein. And I think Jed Hoyer's, uh, I think he's damn talented. I think he's damn smart. Um, I think he relays messages the way that you would like for them to be relayed. And I know some people in this city may disagree with me, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get the same results because there's no guarantees in baseball. So as I'm watching the spring training game, not being able to recognize anybody on either split squad, the Chicago Cubs, and thinking about what this last year and a half especially has been, man, This new reality, especially after you get dropped on your head from a little taste of playoff success and sustained success, it just seems like the new reality shouldn't have come this soon. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. You know, you got to find a beauty in it at the same time. You know, um, you really get to see what you made out of. And understand what you need to get better at if you really want to be be something, you know. And the only way you can learn is through times like this, you know. Um, you shape them. That team and that that's over there, they just came off the finals. They've been together, you know. We're a team that's trying to strive to be like them, you know. And, and we got to understand when we play these good teams, why why they so good, you know, on both ends of the floor. And you know, like I said, it's a learning experience for us. Man, it's been a, a, a day and a half or so that I've been away from Bulls basketball, and boy, did I need it because this thing is going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I cursed this joint early with the Phoenix Suns talk, didn't I? And boy, did the Phoenix Suns hear it. <laughs> There's been many a can of whoop-ass that has been opened this year. Not many on the Bulls. Maybe a couple of times. That right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's the best team in basketball. And that's with the healthy Steph Curry. That's with the healthy Klay Thompson. That's with the healthy Draymond Green. Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. Devin Booker is... Devin Booker is getting to that level where, you know, I 
I compared him to Ray Allen very early on. I used to have this conversation with my man, Agri Sam, back in the days when we were both going to the UC and just foraging for our little scraps as, as Bulls observers. And I compared him to Ray Allen coming out of Kentucky, even though he didn't start. It's because, one, he shoots a true jump shot. Um, Kendall, Kendall Gill and I disagreed on the fact that he's a little bit... I, I think that Ray Allen, Milwaukee Ray Allen, pull up off the dribble was deadly. But Devin Booker's pull up off the dribble is next level. And Kendall's like, uh, Ray didn't have what, what Devin has at such an early age. And I can, you know, I, I definitely uh, relent to one Kendall Gill because he actually played against Ray Allen. So I'm like, all right, but man, Devin Booker is it. And what he did in the finals last year uh, was just, I think, a harbinger of things to come. De- DeAndre Ayton, Never has a dude played through not getting an extension when you should get an extension as the number one pick and help take your team to the finals with more, I don't even say class because I just haven't heard anything out of him, but uh, with more measured, more of a measured response than that dude. And then, of course, Chris Paul goes down and they haven't missed a beat. Their net rating, I believe, on offense and defense have not changed much. If not, I think offensively they might be up a tick. And they have what I believe is the best defensive player in all of basketball in Mikael Bridges. That dude, and he showed it, he was putting it on. Whether it be pressing point guards, whether it be meeting DeMar DeRozan where he knew he wanted the ball, not going for the pump fake, and those freakishly long arms defending every point of the floor. That man, that man dug on a on a inside feed to Vooch, gets out to the arc to close out in two steps. Now, I don't know if y'all know, but that's a good 20 feet that you have to do something, turn speed to power, burst back out of it, and then get out to close out without fouling, by the way. Like, the little things that he does defensively are just magnificent to watch. That, that team and Monty Williams, there's a reason why Monty Williams was not broken up about last year. Yeah, you hate to lose in the finals, whatever the case may be, but he knew his squad would be back. And they may not get back, but right now, they're primed to get back. I, I think they are head and shoulders better than everybody else, and especially when Chris Paul gets back. And the Bulls ran into it. The Bulls right now, but Billy Donovan keeps mentioning the experiences that they haven't gone through and how worthwhile these experiences are and what they need to do going forward and, and, and you know, the, the fact that they need to go through these things before, you know, I guess what, walk before you run, run before you fly kind of vibes. Because that whole... Lonzo Ball comes back, Alex Caruso comes back thing, that's not going to fix everything for the Chicago Bulls. Right now, the Bulls are in a bad place. And, and the prognosticators who were wrong early on might be right in the end. And it may be because of injury, right? Because this team defensively just can't get it together. Whether it be the drop defense that they're playing with Vooch, whoever doesn't think that Vooch uh, can defend a certain blitzing style, if that's the case, then you got to make a, a change in the near future. If you do think he could do it and he's just not doing it, that's an issue as well. But what's happening now is what's happened to Nikola Vucevic for the entirety of his career. And especially now in his older age, it's getting a little bit worse. His lateral quickness has never been uh, uh, an attribute. It's never been a strength. So in this day and age where you've got 20 point guards who are all trying to get 20 points a game at least, attacking that big man and him retreating at all times, that's an issue. Now, Tristan Thompson, he can play a, a pressing, hedging, uh, show type of defense and, and not play the drop defense. But 
you're going to lose something offensively, and it changes the entire makeup of your squad. This team doesn't have enough good individual defenders, right? Because Zach went from bad to probably mediocre. DeMar DeRozan is, is probably an average to above average when he wants to defender, but for the most part, an average to below average, to be honest with you, right? And then you've got Vooch, who is below average at best. You, your best three players, you've got average now, below average to average, and below average as far as your defenders are concerned. That's why Pat Williams getting cleared and then possibly playing on Monday night against the Toronto Raptors, even though you know I wouldn't bet on it, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now, it's not only a big deal because he's a 6'9", 235-pound kid who can defend. It's a big deal because you want to know what the hell you got. And you got to find out before you pay him, before you give him the qualifying offer, before you extend him. You got to find out how and where he fits on this team, especially if you are a championship timber. Alonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, they figured it out. But Patrick Williams, he went into summer league with a bunch of questions. Then they force-fed him the ball. They put pretty much nobody on the summer league team with him. Uh, outside of Io, and Io had a terrible summer league. So much so that a lot of us thought he might be in the G League. And of course, he's turned that thing around and been a terrific player this year. A terrific rookie. He's going to finish on one of those all-rookie teams, if not the sec- if not the first and the second for sure. But you don't know what Patrick Williams is because immediately the season starts and he breaks his wrist. And you don't want to get to a Lowry marketing type of situation where you get at the end of a dude's deal, not knowing what he is, not knowing if you should pay him or not, and then you get to that last year and he shows you enough glimpses, but you're not sure because you haven't seen a large enough sample size, and then you lose him for nothing. You don't want that to keep happening with lottery picks. That can't keep happening, right? I mean, hell, there were times last year when we talked about trading trading Kobe White. Kobe White was a seventh pick too. You got to start to figure out what these lottery picks can do, will do for you. And if not, what they will do for somebody else. So yeah. I'm happy to see Patrick Williams returning. It's kind of weird, though, because you fresh off the tricycle, or in this case, the stationary bike, right onto the expressway of the playoff push. You're getting thrown out there. I mean, we've seen professional players not be able to handle these, these moments. Never, the, never mind the fact that this is a rookie. This is a 20-year-old professional player. Yeah, what happened all that time uh, with the Windy City Bulls that they were talking about? Hey, go out and see Patrick Williams. Are they kind of rushing this a bit? Is this a kind of a desperate move here? Or they need is a situ- situation where it's like the best thing for him is to get back out there with, with the, the pace of a real NBA basketball at this point? They need him, brother. They need him. They need a big who's going to be able to do multiple things. Like, he was so important to this team this year, Tanny, because he was going to play some small ball five for him, right? Before they went out and got Tristan, before Tyler Cook showed him something and then damaged his ankle severely, uh, before Tony Bradley, you know, just stayed Tony Bradley, Patrick Williams was going to be a guy who would be out there in that Draymond role for you when you, if you wanted to go death lineup, like a, a, a poor man's death lineup that Golden State threw out there a few years back to kind of revolutionize, not revolutionize the game, but they kept, they, they had a lineup out there that, that could stay on the floor with four players, five players who are all under 6'8". That's not something that you could do for more than two or three minutes at a time. They did it for whole quarters at times with Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green and, of course, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and then Kevin Durant at the end there. Patrick Williams is going to do and fill in some of that role where it's like, okay, you guys want to go 6'8", 6'9"? We could take Vooch off the floor and have this 19, 20-year-old stallion run wild on y'all, defensively especially. So 
I think that they need that. They want to see what that rotation is looking like before you get into the playoffs. And like I said, they got to find out what they have. This was a very important year for him. And he was going to get pushed down the pecking order offensively, which would probably make it easier for him in terms of finding open looks if you're, you know, relying on, oh, not relying on, but focusing on DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and of course, Lonzo Ball shooting those corner threes. He was going to find his offense from somewhere and it wasn't going to be so necessary like it was his rookie year. But him not playing this year, one, he's a basketball player. This dude's, I can only imagine what a 19, 20-year-old kid who hasn't lived a whole hell of a lot of life and has a ton of money and isn't like some wild-out kid. Like, this is a good, down-to-earth kid. I can only imagine how much it was killing him not to be able to hoop, right? I mean, the guys who have all the interests in the world and want to do all the outside, off-the-court things, they miss basketball when they're hurt. This dude, of course. So, yeah. I think it's all things, him wanting to get back on the court, him needing to get back on the court, and the Bulls needing him to get back on the court. Because what you saw against the Phoenix Suns is what you're going to see from these playoff teams as they face uh, this this stretch run. I mean, it was the second toughest schedule coming out of the All-Star break. It became the toughest schedule due to a couple of you know, due to a couple of teams sliding and, and the Boston Celtics playing their asses off. Like the Eastern Conference, they're tightening up right now. And the Bulls right now are just bailing water out of the ship as much as they possibly can. They're on a three-game losing streak. The first game, they should have lost. The second game was, uh, it was it was nasty the way they lost it. And the third game, they got dominated by one of the best teams in the league. Now you go up against Toronto, who's one of the feistier bunches, and you get to see Patrick Williams' doppelganger and Scotty Barnes. Like, everything that Patrick Williams was supposed to be, and it sounds crazy because Scotty Barnes is younger than him and, and is a rookie now, but the things that we see in Scotty Barnes was some of the stuff that you expected out of Patrick Williams. Scotty Barnes is going to end up being, I think, a top 15 player in the next three or four years here. That's how good he is. But Leonard Hamilton has a mode of player that he recruits. And it's long-armed, thick-bodied, versatile, defensive guys who can give you something offensively because of their guard skills. Scotty Barnes was a guard in high school. Patrick Williams had a growth spurt, so he's got those guard skills. But they can't have it. They can't have what they had the last three games. So if Patrick Williams returns and comes back to save the day, then God bless him. But if he doesn't, it's not just only on this kid. It's on three best players on the team to play better defense, and it's on Billy Donovan to notice what his centers can't do defensively as well. And I hope it'll happen because this season, it it can't be tarnished, and this thing mess around and be in the play-in situation, and we're not going to be feeling the way we felt coming into this season. So for Bulls fans, I'll tell you this. This next 12 games, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but just like the first 70 or so, it's going to be damn interesting because – This Bulls team, one, doesn't know when it's out of a game, and two, I think, is trying to figure out how to stay in a game, which is an interesting thing to watch. This thing might be a year ahead of schedule. We might have had our head way out over our skis in the beginning of the season, but we're going to find out who the true Chicago Bulls are in this last couple of weeks of basketball. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Let's turn his ass. Like, I've, I've dug, I'm trying my hardest. I'm trying to watch it. I'm trying to enjoy it. It's just, it's just fucking horrible, man. Like, the, the moments that are fun, I'm like, oh, there it is. You guys missed three shots. Who's going to hit the fourth one? There you go. You hit the fourth one. Yay! Like, it's, like they, there was a press. These motherfuckers got, they got a full court press. Like, who was, who was playing last night that we was watching? That North Carolina game last night. That's about a few minutes of that one. Dog. <laughs> it was just, and you know what it was? It was the fucking 10 children on the court and just dousing each other in gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> who wants to throw the match on who? Yeah. <laughs> this is North Carolina. For Man. real. Get it For together. real. <laughs> bitches don't, bitches need not apply. 25 point lead in the tournament. Mike out here going crazy for y'all. Kenny Smith going crazy. Hubert Davis got his tattooed hairline like fucking Doc Rivers. Like life is good. And then all of a sudden, the Baylor Bears and, and the kids who are, you know, <laughs> uh, I just, it's just, it's wild to watch it though, man. Cause like these are the same dudes who, like people shit on women's basketball. It's like, it's just not the same. And I'm like, whoa, you're not watching that much. You're not watching that much more developed of a product on the college game. But, you know, I, I, the pageant, I understand the, 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 the good shit about the tournament. Like, yeah. Like, the stories and the, the crazy last second shots. Or you'll just see a dude who's a pro just go out here and go fucking nuts. And it's like, this is what the tournament is about. And I'm like, the NBA is full of that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah, this, this shit like the St. Peter's, like, that's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you know? it's cool. Like, motherfucker, all right. Why are you, how do you keep your cool? It's basketball. Like, he's being real. Like, I didn't expect yeah, yeah. to be here to fuck. <laughs> we shouldn't be Kentucky. They fucked up. Go ask them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, my Lord. God bless the tournament, though. And God bless Juwan Howard. Huh? Huh? Uh, slapping bitches, getting suspensions, and moving on to the six, the Sweet Sixteen. Meanwhile, uh, Iowa State and the and the fighting former Freddie Hoiberg's beating up on the Wisconsin Badgers, sending Wisco home. Brad Davison and Johnny Davison and the likes. Yeah, I, I know I'm not supposed to to be happy that Michigan won and Wisconsin lost, but damn it, I'm happy. Anyone, they was trying to fire that brother because he slapped he 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 mildly grazed the face. Of another man who was screaming um, incessantly into the into the the young, uh, uh, naive, innocent face of a Michigan player. You know what I mean? He had to protect his guy. So take that, Wisconsin. You guys want to hear something funny? So I mean, we don't want to get you in trouble now. Nah, fuck that. It's not possible. There's <laughs> no, no, no more. There's no more trouble. I can so so last night. Come here, come here, come here. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm talking to the fellas. <laughs> Last night, Pia looked at me 
is what you say about about uh like what tomorrow might be? Pia thought tomorrow was four twenty. Oh. <laughs> so she thought today essentially was four twenty. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wish it were April. Yeah. <laughs> you said you wish it was. <laughs> so, so me being the person I am, you know me, Tanya, you can't tell me shit about a good time and then not get popping, right? So immediately, do, 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 hit the, hit the delivery man up like, yo, 420 tomorrow, my G. We kicking it. I got to get in early. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, it's a, it's a rush on 420. I don't want to, you know. All the amateurs go, are out there tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So all the amateurs, right? It's like New Year's Eve, right? You don't want to get to the deli and the fucking meat be gone. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, bang, hit you up night before, fam, right? Delivery comes through. <laughs> We're hanging out and shit. <laughs> In the middle of the hangout, I, I, I pop up like The Undertaker, like, wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> it's fucking March. <laughs> the TV keeps telling me it's March. The TV keeps telling March. me it's March because of the fucking tournament. Yes. Because of the turn, we're both in bed watching. First of all, she doesn't watch basketball, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting her. this. Yeah, I'm getting this <laughs> off. Like, ooh, there's minimal questions and shit. And I just pop up, like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's March. How can it be 4:20? So, ladies and gentlemen, my fiance and I celebrated 3:19 last night. We're making a new holiday. 3:19 represent. I don't know if 4:20. Well, I know it's taken already because it's a pretty big deal. That's the other thing too. I'm like, why the fuck have I not heard about this? You know what I mean? Like usually the weirdos like, oh, 4:20. I'm like, oh, all right, God. Like, good for you. You know what I'm saying? Like 4:20. I heard somebody just describe it as like Valentine's Day, right? Like. You tell your girl you love her on Valentine's Day and every other day as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you should look at it. You shouldn't be out here. You feel oh, me, Jesse? You shouldn't be out here Yeah, I mean, bullshitting like, oh, I'm going to get as high as I've ever been today. No, 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 no. Don't walk away. 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 So today on 320, I commemorate this holiday from here on out, okay? Okay. Right. There it is. All right. It's the full go, that's all the time we have for episode 79 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. We want to thank our guests. Nobody. It was us. We hung out together like we always do on a beautiful Sunday evening. My man, Chris Tannehill. My oh, guy, your lovely Jesse fiance. Yeah, she came in here and hung out. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that makes it onto the pod. Uh, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Dr. Pia Holick. You know what I mean? Soon to be Dr. Pia Goff. Uh, if you know, if I play this thing right, so yeah, shout out to uh, everybody who is always down with this pod. Uh, our producers, Chris Tannehill, the active Jesse Lopez, and the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Make sure you hit the full go voicemail line seven seven three three five nine three one zero three. That's seven seven three three five nine three one zero three. And next pod, we will have a Chicago Bears legend, an icon, Mike Singletary. Talk to him about coaching and also what he's doing lately is uh, reality TV show stuff. So we'll talk to him about his new TV show. Ray Lewis is on that thing as well. So we'll talk to Mike Singletary about what it's like to be around Ray Lewis. You know, just two middle linebackers staring at each other with all the intensity that the world can hold. So for the fellas, it's been real. We appreciate you downloading this thing. 
We appreciate you subscribing to it. We appreciate you sharing it. We appreciate you rating and reviewing it. Doing all the things that you do with this podcast. For the guys, I am Jason Goff. This has been the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And, of course, Spotify is the gang. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Peace out.